When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! Welcome everybody to the Lightning Round Podcast. I am at Garrett Sisti, Jamie at Lightning underscore round, and we are here to preview this weekend's matchup against the New York Giants. Uh, Let's go ahead and talk about some storylines before we get into the breakdown here. So... Uh, starting with the Giants, because the Chargers are a big one. We'll talk about that in a second. For the Giants, uh, quarterback Mike Glennon, wide receiver Kenny Galladay, wide receiver Kadarius Toney, and the cornerback uh, Adoree Jackson didn't practice yesterday, so they're all up in the air. It looks like Mike Glennon is scheduled to make the start on Sunday over Jake Fromm, but uh, let's get into the the big news that happened this week, and that's for the Chargers. So we found out earlier this week that Keenan Allen, tested positive for COVID. Uh, Mike Williams and Chris Harris Jr., both who are unvaccinated, were deemed close contacts. Uh, They both have a chance to play this Sunday. Uh, We got news earlier today that Chris Harris Jr. is on track to play. He's been testing negative. Uh, Should be back at practice on Friday. So Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Chris Harris Jr. could all play Sunday as long as they test negative if Mike Williams or Chris Harris Jr. test positive because they're unvaccinated. They will not only meet, uh, miss this week's game, but they'll also m- miss the game on Thursday because the Chargers are on a short week against the Kansas City Chiefs. So 
Uh, here we are hoping that uh, they are all negative, of course, and uh, they can go this Sunday and on Thursday too. Yeah, obviously Keenan and Mike being the two bigger concerns there than Chris Harris Jr. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just got to throw that in there, of course, of course. Got to throw that in there. I mean, but to be fair to Chris, he's got Campbell playing behind him and not much else. So Sante Samuel Jr. back at practice, so that, that could help. That's yes. a big bonus. Yes. That'll help quite a bit if he's able to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, Keenan, it sounds like he tested positive but there's a chance he could still play on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I I mean, it's the giants. The giants are really bad. So you this is the week to miss. This, this is, is the week, week to, to rest. Miss. Yeah, yeah. Take a week off and get better, I guess. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> but you, you got to have all those guys, at least two of those three guys back for KC. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And how, so, all right, let's, let's just run a hypothetical here because this will be fun. If let's just say Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, don't play Sunday. What do you think the offense looks like? Because then you've got Joshua Palmer, you've got Jalen Guyton taking over for Keenan and for Mike. Um, we talked about corner who care, who cares about defense, but just the offense in general, if you're running the offense on Sunday, we know the giants stink, but um, you got no Keenan, no Mike Williams. What, what are you doing on offense? <laughs> Praying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, cause I, I mean, I would love a lot more two tight end sets, get a lot more of Parham involved. Um, and honestly, I think it would be kind of fun to see what kind of role you can get out of Andre Roberts as the wide receiver three with adding some speed that not be, might not be the end of the world. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you'd probably see Palmer play Mike Williams role. Uh, mm -hmm. you'd probably see some deep shots. Um, when you get some one uh, man on man looks with single high safeties, which the Giants show quite a bit. Um, probably get some deep shots with Guyton. I don't know that you can see Guyton running that Keenan Allen kind of a role because he isn't that kind of a route runner. You can't really expect him to be that successful in the slot. You kind of have to scheme him open. Um, maybe you see a little bit of Palmer in the slot running some of those Keenan Allen type routes. And, I mean, they, they've got to get their tight ends more involved. They just haven't been consistently involved for several weeks now. So you'd think they'd be looking for a way to get Parham involved. Uh, my concern is as the snap count starts to increase for McKitty, they might try to force him into the game plan a little bit. Um, I think you see a run-heavy offense. I think they try to get Jackson involved. They try to get Kelly involved. Um, hopefully Eckler's feeling a little bit better. I know he's been complaining about some bumps and bruises from his workload. So I think you see a lot of passes to the backs, a run-heavy offense, take some deep shots on occasion with Palmer, try to find Guyton, maybe scheme Guyton open in the middle of the field a little bit, and you'll probably see a, a lower-scoring game and try to drag it out a little bit and slow things down and um, and shorten the game with longer drives. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be uh, so bad. I, I kind of would like to see some expanded roles from some of these guys, getting Parham more involved. Uh, again, getting some, uh, seeing how Andre Roberts could look in this offense with some speed downfield, maybe over the middle. Uh, and, um, and I, you know, I, speaking of McKitty, like to see Steven Anderson get more involved. He, you know, he was doing really good at the beginning of the year and then they started to scale his snaps back. And I just don't think that made, too much sense. So getting more of the tight ends involved, if no wide receivers can go this week, or at least Mike Williams and Keenan can't go. But, um, you know, this is a team that is real bad in the New York giants and, um, that, and they were bad with Daniel Jones in 
uh, not Mike Lennon. They haven't scored 20 points since week five. This is probably the least talented team the Chargers have faced this year. So let's let's just talk about it. I mean, where do we we got to start with the offense? So looks like it's going to be Mike Lennon. Yeah. So the offense, obviously, they fired Jason Garrett uh, right before Thanksgiving, I believe, and they promoted Freddie Kitchens to their offensive coordinator. Um, Mike Lennon at quarterback. I mean, for whatever reason, they decided to throw the ball forty-four times with Mike Lennon last week against the <laughs> yeah. Dolphins. Yeah, which doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And they did that with their best wide receiver, um, Kadarius Tony. Not available, um, but this is a team that they will take shots downfield, especially with Glennon. They seem to trust his arm, and they will take shots downfield with him. Um, they, I mean, the offense really revolves. You'd think the offense would revolve around um, Saquon Barkley, but really it revolves around Kadarius Tony um, Barkley and the running game in general is kind of an afterthought for them, even in a game where. Barkley ripped off a 23-yard run last week and averaged five and a half yards a carry. He still only got 11 carries last week uh, in a relatively close game, which is a little bit surprising. It seems like he's having a hard time getting back to being himself. He just doesn't look nearly as explosive as he did coming out of college and his first year or two in the league. Um, they're having a hard time getting the ball outside of their playmakers. Obviously, you know, a lack of quarterback play will do that to you. Having a hard time getting it to Evan Ingram. They do like to try to stretch the field a little bit with Darius Slayton. It seems like in the last couple of weeks since Freddie Kitchen was promoted to the offensive coordinator role, they're trying to get back to getting the ball to Kenny Galladay a little bit more often. He kind of disappeared for a few weeks when Kadarius Tony broke out. Now that Tony hasn't been available, they've been trying to get the ball to Galladay a little bit more. But this is an offense that just they don't seem to have much of a plan. They do have some playmakers on the outside. They do have a couple decent running backs. I mean, obviously, Barkley's pretty talented. Uh, at times this season, De um, Booker. not Devin. Um, Devontae. Devontae Booker mm -hmm. has looked like he might be the best back on the roster at times. So they do have some guys that can carry the ball. They have some guys that who can catch the ball out of the backfield. The offensive line is bad. They just don't. They don't know who to get the ball to or how to get the ball to them right now. And they're really struggling and they're really lost without Kadarius Tony. Uh, when Tony's in the game, they use him every way you could think of. They use him on jet sweeps. I think I've seen him take some handoffs out of the backfield. They get him the ball in space on the smoke screens and in the middle of the field. They'll just throw the ball up deep to him and let him run underneath it. He is the offense right now. And uh, they, even with him on the field, they just don't have the consistent play at quarterback to really maximize him. So if Tony does play, the trick is going to be to tackle him and get him on the on the ground quickly, not to let him make moves in the open field and and outrun what is a relatively slow secondary for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Glenn will be able to go this Sunday. Uh, they think he'll be cleared from concussion protocol. That's what Joe Judge said. So looks like it'll be um, Mike Lennon. Uh, Jake Fromm, who's been with the Giants for less than – two weeks hasn't taken an NFL snap would be the starter if Glennon can't go but you know uh Glennon was a mess last week against his Dolphins he had a lot of passes uh, but they couldn't really get anything going uh they're able to, when they were able to kind of string some first downs together they couldn't finish drives they all resulted in field goals um you know he, uh Glennon's got more of the veteran experience obviously over a guy like Fromm but um the Chargers don't really have a ton to worry about here um the ground game isn't that strong. I mean, I know you got to count for Saquon Barkley, but he hasn't rushed for 
60 yards this season. He hasn't even gone over 57. Um, he had his second best output against the Dolphins at 55. But like you mentioned, the 23 of those 55 yards came on one run. So, you know, obviously it's going to be important for the Chargers to stop the run. Um, but I, you know, Barkley looks like a shell of his old self after that injury last season. He does not look like he's looked in the past. But um, one thing the Giants offense tried to do last Sunday against the Dolphins was get Barkley a lot of uh, passes there. He had nine targets on Sunday. They tried to get him out of the backfield. A lot of that was the receivers couldn't get open for the Giants, and there's a lot of checkdowns. But you know, with Jason Garrett out, it could be that Kitchens is trying to get Barkley more involved, maybe, and uh, we might see him a little bit uh, get get more involved this Sunday against the Chargers. But this is a bad, bad, bad team, and uh, there's there's not a lot going for it. And you know, the players that they do have uh, didn't even you know like uh, Kenny Galladay, he didn't practice. Tony didn't practice. Um, Glennon didn't practice and he's their QB too. So, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see who's going to go and how they're going to try to manufacture some offense because we know how potent the chargers can be. And it's, it's hard to see how they can, you know, put up 20 points on Sunday. This offense is just that bad. Yeah. They're awful. Um, offensive line, bad quarterback play is bad. It's bad all the way around. Like I said, it's, it's a little, You'd think they'd be able to move the ball and put some points on the board because they do have some decent skill players, you know, with Barkley and Booker. Evan Ingram's a really good tight end. Yeah. Um, Slayton is a solid wide receiver. Galladay is coming off a couple of really big years. These are all guys that you would think they'd be able to find a way to get the ball to and put some points on the board, but it just hasn't happened consistently. And it all goes back to the quarterback play, whether it's Daniel Jones playing quarterback or Mike Glennon, or if it happens to be Jake Fromm this week. It really doesn't matter. It's all bad all the way around. Um, and doesn't matter how many times you throw it if you can't hit a, the broad side of a barn. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It The Chargers should not be too threatened with this. I mean, the, the only real threat is if uh, if Tony's back and they just say fuck it and start throwing the ball deep. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the only yeah. real shot they have to move no. the ball consistently and put points on the board. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tony's missed the last two weeks. Uh, Galladay, who's their leading receiver, uh, had to leave last Sunday's game with a rib injury. And even though Galladay is the leading wide receiver, when I read that, I was like, oh, man, he must be having a pretty good year. He's only got like 409 yards on the year. So leading the uh, Giants and wide receivers, while that's technically right, the uh, numbers don't feel right. So you know, not only will they maybe have a, a quarterback two or a quarterback three, they might not even have guys to throw it to. Tony, like you mentioned, is the real threat. Uh, he could really make things happen in the middle of the field. Very dangerous in space. He would be the true threat on this Giants offense. Galladay, while he's a deep threat, I mean, you know, like you mentioned, there hasn't been consistent quarterback play. They just haven't been able to get it to him. And Evan Ingram is a volume hog. Uh, they love to get him in the middle of the field and get him the ball a lot. And you got to assume that Glennon's going to be another captain check down this week. So they're going to have to look for Evan Ingram in the middle of the field. Uh, and then also uh, Saquon Barkley on the backfield, like I mentioned, because they like to get both those guys involved. And that's what they did against the Dolphins the week prior. So, you know, uh, it's going to be some work for these Chargers linebackers, but um, not a huge threat. And they should be able to get after Glennon, you know, especially oh. if they get Joey back and they're willing to play him inside a little bit and use some of those designer rush packages that Brandon Staley liked to use last week. 
this is not a good offensive line. They should be able to find good, productive one-on-one matchups against the offensive line to get after Glennon. And I would think stop the run as well. So <clears throat> let Mike Glennon drop back 44 times a game and just get after him. Go get another five or six sacks. See if you can force a couple turnovers. They should have a couple opportunities to pick some balls off deep. Um, even when Glennon does push the ball deep, it tends to hang a little bit. So there there should be some opportunities to break some passes up, maybe pick off a couple passes, rack up some sacks, and have one of the better defensive outings of the season. Yeah, I mean, this Giants offensive line just doesn't have the talent, and we watch the Chargers every Sunday, so that's really just saying something. They've had injuries across the line, but it's just uh, inconsistent and a bad unit. And, you know, pressure shouldn't be too big of an issue, like you said. But, you know, also I'd love to see a lot more that uh, that we saw last week, those delayed blitzes, those corner blitzes. I mean, those those opportunities will be there. And you can get pressure on guys like Glennon or Fromm and uh, definitely force some turnovers. And I know the Chargers don't do this, but um, like we're, it just made me think about it when we we're talking about Keenan and Mike Williams. It wouldn't be a bad week to rest Joey Bosa again if he's got some – lingering issues or you just want to be extra safe um you know they did use a precaution against a pretty competitive team last week if for whatever reason he's not feeling up to 100 percent, it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world to just letting him sit out again this week because they'll be able to get pressure on this uh giants uh, offensive line even with kyler fackrell out and having chris rumpin as the uh next uh pass rusher but um, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be uh, a bad idea to rest Joey Bosa if he's having any lingering issues. Head injuries are always scary anyway, so um, I, d- I doubt they do with that. And it seems like Joey Bosa is fine and on track to play on Sunday. But you know, this this could be one of those rest weeks, a uh, kind of a in season buy, if you will, this week. Yeah, I I understand where you're coming from. I just I don't think that's the way they're going to go. Um, oh no, I don't think they're going to go that way at all. Yeah, this is a huge trap game for the Chargers. They're coming off a really big emotional win. This is a group that played pissed off last week and showed it on the field and finished a game, truly finished a game for one of the few times this year. Um, I don't think they can afford to let up. I think they have to come into this game pissed off, use whatever motivation they need to be, you know, to feel disrespected or whatever you want to call it, to be angry and play angry again. They have to win this game. Um, there's two games on the schedule coming up that they absolutely have to get. It's this one and the Houston game. So they need to, they need to go all out and make sure they win this game. They can't afford to overlook the giants and let them hang around for four quarters and maybe sneak one out. They just, they can't afford it. Right. Right. Yeah. I, and I'm not saying they should let up and not take them serious. I mean, obviously you got to compete with every team every Sunday. So, um, yeah, it's. It, it, I understand. It's. It's definitely a trap game. Uh, I think everybody's kind of feeling it going into this week. Just how bad this team's played, the Giants have, and then you know just how big of a high they've been on last week, beating Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Uh, it was remarkable. So let, I mean, let's let's talk about this defense. It's a bottom third team. I mean, they're not terrible. They're just not very good. Yeah, it's a lot like the offense. There's just. none of their units really have anything to hang their hat on. Uh -uh. Um, It's not a unit that pressures the quarterback particularly well. Uh, They're getting a good season out of Aziz Ojolari. He's looked really good. Yeah, he's looked really Mm -hmm. good. Teams have run at him with a lot of success quite a bit. uh, So that's something to look out for. But in terms of pass rush, I think he's got six and a half sacks and he seems to be getting better as the season goes on. Uh, They've also got uh, Quincy Roche 
who they they drafted this year, who just had his, I think he played the most snaps he's played in any game last week and had a sack. So he's he's a guy that they might be ready to unveil and unleash in a bigger role here. Wouldn't be surprised if we see him play at all to see him play another career high in snaps this week um, to try to get after Herbert. Uh, and obviously they have Leonard Williams in the middle, a guy who can play end, play some tackle. He's their only other real consistent pass rusher at this point. Um, the defensive line as a whole is not great. I mean, Austin, jo- Austin, Austin Johnson's playing really well in the middle. Um, Dexter Lawrence is okay. Most of their defensive tackles are nothing great. I think you can run at them. Teams have had a lot of success running off tackle against this group. They have a really hard time with contain. So I think you can get some yards off the edges with um, against this group. The linebackers are not very good in my opinion, um, particularly in the middle. Um, Ragland and uh, – now I'm blanking on the rest of their names. Um, Bernardrick McKinney and Trey Crowder? Crowder was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, neither one of them is particularly good. They don't really offer anything, particularly as a pass rusher. The the Giants do like to blitz their middle linebackers through the A and B gaps quite a bit. That shows up constantly on tape. Uh, usually delayed blitzes. They'll send both and then back one out in a zone blitz kind of a scheme quite a bit. Um, but neither one of them is particularly good in coverage. They struggle to tackle consistently just not a good group in the middle. And then their secondary is okay. Adoree Jackson's having a nice season. Um, I think you can go after Jonathan Bradbury, particularly deep with, with a lot of success. Um, Xavier McKinney's having a nice season has, I think four or five interceptions and seems to be getting better as the season goes on. Uh, Logan Ryan is not played particularly well. They like to rotate McKinney, Ryan and Julian love as the safeties and nickelbacks. None of them are, are playing particularly well, so I think you can you can go after the secondary with some success. Uh, kind of hoping Mike Williams is around because I think you'll see a lot of jump balls, a lot of 50-50 balls over Adoree Jackson and Jonathan Bradbury if if uh, Mike is on the field. You may still see that with Palmer playing in his, in his role. Uh, but it's a group that doesn't do anything particularly well. Nothing really stands out on tape. They're okay. Um, you know they have their moments where they look pretty solid. They're coming off of, I think they've they're at, they're giving up an an average of eleven points a game. The last two weeks, if I'm not mistaken, is it eleven? I think no, fourteen, thirteen and a half, thirteen and a half average last two games against the Eagles and the Dolphins. So um, they can hold you down. I think they'll they they have the ability to hang around, but they're eventually going to make some mistakes and give up some big plays and and cost their team a chance to stay in the game it's just not a good group no yeah they've got uh and like like the offense they've got some interesting names there uh dexter lawrence leonard williams good on the inside uh williams is still a good pass rusher i think he's taking a step back as a run stuffer austin johnson like you mentioned uh, having a pretty good year uh, nice little pass rushing presence on the inside so they've got some players but they got the ninth worst run defense so Still a uh, a bottom 10 group, which bodes well for Austin Eckler and whoever wants to step up as the RB2 this week. Um, like you, I mean, I think the brightest spot on this defense is Aziz Ojolari, who uh, looks real good. Nice young pass rusher. He's the team sack leader. He's got six and a half. It uh, looks like he could be one of the better up and coming pass rushers in the NFL. Um, you know, he's a guy that the Chargers are going to have to slow down on Sunday. 
Um, but outside of that, there isn't a lot of guys you have to worry about on the edge. And then uh, you mentioned Adoree Jackson, who uh, missed the Miami game. He had a quad injury. So his status is up in the air. He didn't practice yesterday. And then uh, James Bradbury, who is actually a pretty good player. He's got his hands on some footballs. He's had three picks this year. Um, you know, he's he relinquishes re- relinquishes a ton of catches because uh, he's a big gambler. Uh, always has been, but at times he can get the best of you. And uh, if a Dory's out, I imagine they'll probably pick on the backup Aaron Robinson, which is what the Dolphins did, and they've had success with. And then, um, you know, we were talking about the linebackers. It was a better group to start the year with Blake Martin- Martinez, who they signed to a big contract in 2020. Uh, he tore his ACL, and that group suffered. Um, the Trey, Cra- uh, Trey Crowder kid we were talking about, who was the Mr. Irrelevant, um, he looks like the worst defender on the field. He is not good at all. Uh, Reggie Raglan, Bernardrick McKinney are basically just stopgap veterans on this defense right now. Um, and just an aside, the Giants could really use a guy like Zach Cunningham, the linebacker the Texans just cut. They are so weak in the middle of that defense. They could use a guy like him. And so next you know, week, this, or, yeah, week. yeah, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> next week then. But uh, <laughs> I, I figure if he got added, he wouldn't play on Sunday. But anyway, regardless, uh, yeah, no Zach Cunningham this week. But, you know, that middle of that defense of the Giants is really, really bad. And this is a week that, um, you know, these tight ends could really uh, do some damage in the middle of the field. Jared Cook, Donald Parham, who uh, we haven't seen a lot the last couple of weeks. And yeah, I, I was surprised going in this game and watching the Giants because you're so used to seeing them do one thing really, really well, and that's stop the run. And they are no longer that team. You know, they were able to stop the run. That was the one thing they could do. They were going to be a bad team, but you just couldn't run on them. And that was what they hung their hat on. But once Dalvin Tomlinson left in free agency, knowing that they can't, put more money in the defensive line like they did with um, with Leonard Williams. And then they signed Blake Martinez, who was a nice little uh, run-stopping presence at, at the second level, who is not great in coverage, but that's another point. Uh, after that, it was all but lost. I mean, that run defense went way downhill. Uh, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence have suffered because of Tomlinson not being there and absorbing double teams. This just this defense is not the one you're accustomed to seeing. So if you're thinking, man, you know, they're they're it's gonna be tough on Sunday, tough sledding in the run defense, they are not that giant team anymore at all. They gave up, I think, six and a half yards of carry to the Eagles a couple weeks ago. Now, granted, the Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in the game, but and one of the best rushing attacks, too. Yeah, but you can see I think they have the best rushing attack, don't yeah, they? I do, anyway, I um you can see there should be opportunities to run, and I, I saw it repeatedly lots of success running the ball outside off tackle lots of success they just don't contain well they don't pursue well and i think you can even set up some cutbacks and some counter type action um after after you run downhill at them a little bit early in the game um they they over pursue their angles are bad there should be lots of opportunities to get some big gains in the running game um if you stick with it and i think the chargers probably will yeah uh, the only thing that really could hurt the Chargers is um, obviously Kadarius Tony, who is just a weapon no matter what, and and trying to stop him is going to be a tall task. But we'll see if he can even play on Sunday. You know, they always seem to play over the top and limit those big plays, so you don't have to worry about Kenny Galladay too much. But obviously, you don't want 
to let him loose. I mean, the only thing I can think of that could really go against the Chargers here is if they decide to just dink and dunk with Evan Ingram and they just let him, you know, get four or five yards at a time and then slowly, methodically drive down the field and get some points that way. But other than that, there just isn't that talent that they can use to win this game. They're just not good enough. Yeah, not good enough and not particularly well coached either. No, and that's another thing. The uh, Brandon Staley is top five and one of the most aggressive coaches in the NFL, you know, going for it on fourth down or going for two point conversions. And Joe Judge is a bottom five. He was, uh, there was a point in the game last week on a fourth and two uh, where they were at the 46. Uh, they were down by over 10 points at that point late in the game. And he decided to punt the ball. Uh, later, somebody asked, hey, why didn't you go for it on fourth and two? And he said, we play 60 minutes of football, meaning he was going to get it later on. He didn't want to be aggressive then. He plays 60 minutes, and that was a very Mike McCoy, Anthony Lynn-esque answer. And so they're not only bad, he's not aggressive, and, he, and it hurts his team. That's not the quote I thought you were going to go with. The quote oh, I thought oh. you were going to go with was, we knew we were going to have to get our, our puncher going early and rely on him in the game, so we wanted to get him involved early. He said that? Yeah. Oh <laughs> my God. I didn't read that one. <laughs> That's worse. I like yours better. <laughs> we have to warm up our punter. Who cares? We wanted oh, to get God. him involved in the game plan early because we knew we'd need him late. Oh God. You need a, so they were counting late. on punting a lot. Oh my God. That is wild. So, <laughs> all right. Well, um, I think we buried the lead here, but, um, this offense stinks on ice. This defense isn't good. So how do you think this ends up for the Chargers on Sunday? It could be a trap game. It's, I mean, it, it is a trap game. Right. It doesn't mean they're going to lose it, but right, it's, right. it's one of those games that it's really easy to overlook just based on what you see on film. Um, I think the Chargers win. Uh, part of me is inclined to pick them to lose in hopes of, in hopes of the reverse jinx, which we did because last it went week. so well last week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I, I can't, wrap my brain around the chargers losing this game. I just can't, I can't, even if Mike and Keenan don't play, I just, I can't see it. So I'm going to say, I think it's low scoring. I don't think they blow them out. I see people talking about rest everybody and they're still going to blow them out, go destroy them. I don't think that's what's going to happen here. I think it's going to be close and the chargers pull away late. I'll say chargers win 24, 10. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, Giants offense is bad. On top of it, they're way too conservative. They don't have the talent to win this game. Uh, they will get in their own way. They always do every game. Uh, I know Evan Ingram is going to get a ton of targets, uh, but this offense is, isn't going to be able to get in rhythm with whoever's playing quarterback. It doesn't matter. Uh, any of the three of them. I think this ends up being a blowout. I think it's going to be 30 10 Chargers. Should we say the Chargers lose just for the reverse jinx? Even though I we think said we they already won? blew that magic. Oh, I don't did think we? it works that way. Crap. If <laughs> we, we just said, said it, win. <laughs> <laughs> we can't hedge our bet and say both. They win and lose. We'll predict a tie. How's that? Okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> for the whatever that kind of jinx is. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it. Uh, Jamie and I think they're going to win or lose or tie or whatever. So <laughs> whatever helps them not get jinxed to lose this trap game on Sunday against the Giants. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm at Garrison on Twitter. Jamie is at Lightning underscore round. 
and we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody.